Welcome to Frankly Coaching, the podcast for change makers, hosted by life and business coach Pooja K. McClymon. If you enjoy listening, I'd be so grateful for your review on Apple Podcasts or rating over on Spotify, because change only happens when we take action. Thank you so much for listening today. Hello, it's season four, episode two. They convinced me I only had a few good years left before I was replaced by a girl younger than me, as though men yield power with age, but women grow into irrelevance. They can keep their lies, for I have just gotten started. I feel as though I just left the womb. My 20s, they're the warm-up for what I'm really about to do. Wait till you see me in my 30s. Now that will be a proper introduction to the nasty, wild woman in me. How can I leave before the party started? Rehearsals begin at 40. I ripen with age. I do not come with an expiration date. And now, for the main event, curtains up at 50. Let's begin the show. That was a poem called Timeless by the incredible Rupi Kaur. If you're not familiar with Rupi Kaur, I urge you, you can even stop this podcast right now, go and look her up. Ava DuVernay, Viola Davis, Vera Wang, Lizzo, Toni Morrison, Kris Jenner, Kathy Bates, Kerry Washington. What about Ellen, Mariah, Cher, Madonna, J-Lo, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon? All of these women are winning at life over 40. And that's just a list of names that we're familiar with. There are so many more women from their late 30s, well into their 40s and 50s, doing absolutely amazing things. So why can't we? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Breaking with our own doubts and society's opinion. Because as Rupi says, curtains up at 50. Let's begin the show. Now, I'd love to continue this conversation in my private group over in the Telegram app. So head to the show notes for the link. And whilst you're in the podcast app, please rate the show. Okay, let's do this. If I could wave a magic wand today, it would be to help every woman to achieve whatever they want. Every single woman. Okay, I know, that's a bold statement. But what if we could do it for each other? What if we could support our friends, our family, acquaintances with whatever they want to do with their lives? Obviously, I'm talking about, you know, things in terms of their career, positive things, positive change. What if we could change career at 30, 40, 50, and that it's perfectly okay and normal? What if we could stop putting limitations on ourselves? Now, I know that there are loads and loads of other shows out there and coaches who literally live to empower. Side note on empower. No one can actually empower another person. You have to do it for yourself. Someone else can inspire you, but empowering is all on you. Anyway, in today's show, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to strictly be your cheerleader. I mean, I am, right? I'm always going to be rooting for you, but I want to get to the nitty gritty of why you might not think that you'll be able to do your thing, whether that's a business or a change of career or even relationships or or your health, because those reasons might 
be, well, (laughs) the reasons that you're citing, they might just need a little nudge to change into an excuse because it's much easier to move from an excuse than it is to move from a reason. And we can remove that excuse much more quickly. We are in this absolutely incredibly wonderful age where we can dare to be ourselves. We can actually dare to be ourselves. We can look the way we want to look. We can be the way we want to be. We can have the friends we want to have. We can travel when we want. We can do anything, buy what we want. So many things we can just do without technically caring about what anyone else thinks. Now, I live pretty close to that in my life, but it hasn't been easy and I've certainly not always lived this way. But I do live that kind of, I guess, freedom of life through my son. So I encourage him to dream big, to have thoughts, to share ideas, you know, to just to just dream like he's six. If he says to me, mommy, I'm going to be a train driver. My, you know, I support the cause, but I don't particularly want him to be working underground for his life. I want him to be, you know, able to see outdoors during the workday, but that will come with time. He's six. He's not going to become a train driver tomorrow. So I allow him to have those thoughts and I nourish those thoughts because why not? There's nothing's happening. Nothing bad's going to happen if he nourishes those thoughts. I mean, those thoughts could develop into something so wonderful as the years progress. Why not? Now I do, I've always lived like this. I've always had that kind of mindset of there are no ceilings. You know, you only really have the ceilings or the barriers that you self-impose on yourself. I think everything is up for the taking, everything. Now, again, on that note, I do appreciate that there are limitations in terms of institutionalization and things like that. So I get it that it's not the free I guess the free will that we think it is, but I, (laughs) I really stand by the term that if there's no seat at the table, bring your own, just bring your own, create your own seat, your own table even, because if you live by the thinking that, oh, I can't do it because I'm Indian, or I can't do it because I haven't got the abilities to be able to do it, or I can't do it because I don't have money, or I can't do it because I've got children, then honey, you're not going to do it. And all that's really required is for us to change the way we look at things and then to stretch. It's not just about changing. It's also about stretching the way we think. And stretching the way we think is where it gets tricky. Because when we are given, you know, the first set of beliefs and and the things that we consider our map of the world, it's very hard to see outside that map. And what we tend to do is we also gravitate towards literature. And when I say literature, I'm talking about social media posts, I'm talking about articles, podcasts, anything, books that reaffirm those beliefs. So we'll consume information that sounds familiar, right? Things that sound like 
yeah, that's that's the way I think. So that makes sense to me. And I'll read more of that. But when we do that, we create this silo of thought that doesn't allow us to expand our thinking. But if we don't expand our thinking, how can we actually do and be and create more for ourselves in our lives? So we really are in this truly incredible age where we can dare to be ourselves. And I know for everybody, that's going to be a different level of daring, a different level of risk. It might just be like me, I'm growing out my gray hair, which for me does feel quite, you know, it does, it does muster up the feelings of um, insecurity. It does make me feel like I have to always explain to new people that I'm meeting that, oh, I'm growing out my grey, which is why it's like this. Actually, funny anecdote. I've got the grey growing out, right? And the thing is, my hair does actually grow quite fast, which is great, but just not fast enough in this particular area. And I've got, I had some headshots done last year and put them on the website, obviously. And then I start. I decided to start growing my hair. So I've got these amazing headshots, but no gray hair in them. And I felt a little bit like I was, what's the word? I was um, painting this false illusion or, or picture of me through the website, you know, with, without this gray hair. So then I took a bunch of headshots, just myself to put on there for the interim. And then now my hair's grown since those headshots were taken and I will be cutting it, but I'm not cutting it right now. And then my hair has lightened because I've been in the sun a lot this summer. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God. And I find myself over explaining to people I'm meeting for the same, for the first time to say, you know, sorry that that picture looks like that and you're meeting me with gray hair. And I have to tell you that I'm talking to a lot of women at the moment, but even still, even the men that I'm talking to, they're like, no, I'm here for it. Do your thing. The men are also enjoying the empowerment. So if you're feeling empowered within yourself, I think like go for it and and share it with other people. Inspiring other people is such a big deal. I'm doing this kind of blog series at the moment on on my blog. And one of the key messages that I'm I'm talking about is through our acts, we can inspire other people. I mean, wow, right? That's why people look at celebrities at the end of the day. We're looking for inspiration. We're looking to use the same shampoo as Jennifer Aniston, right? We're looking at the workouts that JLo does to keep her body so tight because we want to do it too. We look to them for inspiration, but why can't we do it for the people closest to us? Who inspires you in your circle? I have lots of people that inspire me and everybody inspires me for different things. One person might inspire me for their financial prowess. Another person inspires me for their fabulosity. Another person inspires me because they're always so well dressed and turned out and it's just lush to look at them. Everyone inspires for different reasons if you're willing to look at them. So use this time, this time of acceptable daring, I'm going to coin that term, acceptable daring, and try something. Now I know some women of a certain age that are listening are going to feel a bit, "Mm, yeah, easier said than done. I'm not saying like go crazy, but just try something, try a little something and see what happens. Because I almost promise you, once you remove that barrier of essentially self-doubt, you'll find that on the other side of self-doubt is this whole 
other world that if I knew then what I know now, you will be amazed at. And I promise you, you'll start living literally your best life. Now, a lot of us have been doing the same thing for so long, right? The same job, the same routine, the same lifestyle. And before we decide to change career or start a business, this one big element comes in, right? Big elephant in the room, which is imposter syndrome, thinking that you aren't good enough to do the thing that you're you're looking to do. You're not qualified enough. You will turn up and say, I'm going to now sell candles. I'm making candles and I'm going to sell them. And people aren't going to believe you because you've always worked in pharmaceuticals. But actually, it's not about them. You're not selling to those people, are you? You're not selling to them. You're selling to people who appreciate candles. You're not selling to your judgy, wudgy friends. (laughs) Stretch your thinking. We always assume the worst. We think, oh, if I do this, then I won't have enough money or I won't have enough time and I won't be able to maintain my lifestyle. I won't be able to do this. And all that negativity, what does it do? It puts us off. The other element that holds us back from doing something is complacency. We're used to the way things are. We're used to our status quo and anything outside of that naturally breeds fear and discomfort. So again, we don't do it. We worry about money. We think that money won't come or we think that we'll make an obscene amount of money. (laughs) Whatever the case, those are very real concerns that we have before we decide to make a big change in our life. Now, even though this would potentially be a big change, right? If you were going to change career at 40 or 50, I can appreciate that's a big change in your life. You don't have to do it in an instant, right? It's not like you wake up tomorrow or you listen to this episode and you go, right, that's it. I'm handing in my notice. I'm leaving. I'm setting up shop. That's it. No, that's that's certainly not what we say. It's definitely not coaching. We have to plan, right? Everything is about planning what you want to do and how you're going to do it. Quietly quit, side hustle. That's where those words come from because you can't just quit. I mean, some people can and if you can, go for it. And the only time you can really just quit is if you know you've got money in the bank and you've got a solid idea of where you're going, then you can take that risk. But I certainly don't recommend it. So coming into that, what do you want is the first place to start, right? It's always going to be the first place to start with me. I mean, you know, many of you are not new here. And when I'm talking about mapping it out, what I'm talking about is like getting a piece of paper and putting in the middle the thing you want and then just drawing pictures, writing out all the things that you want, whether that is the a change of job, a new business, a new partner, something about your health. And then you could draw pictures towards what that looks like, you know, like, where are you? What are you wearing? Who's with you? You can take that further into visualization, which will help you map it out even further. But literally put it to paper to see what it looks like. Because when you can see it, you connect with it better than if it just stays in your head as an idea, as a dream. And what's really important here is that you consider what happens when you make that change. What will your life look like when you make that change? How will you feel 
when you make that change? Will you have a new routine? Does your lifestyle change? And then ask yourself, what is all of that worth to you? Is it worth putting in the effort? Because it's going to be effort. Is it worth putting in all the planning? Is it worth putting in the changing relationships? Is it worth saving that money for it? What is it worth to you to have that change that you so desperately want in your life? And this is, you know, that change of, I want to do it differently now, now that I'm 40, now that I'm 30, now that I'm 50, I want it to be different. I want it to feel more fulfilling. I want to work in a different industry. If you worked in pharmaceuticals all your life and you desperately want to work in charity, make that happen for yourself. Now, I know that as parents, some people are parents listening, your excuses are going to be similar to those that I've just talked about, but you're also going to have feelings of like you're trapped, right? Because you've got all these obligations, these children obligations, and that fear of failure is bigger. It does feel bigger to you because there's too much riding on money. So, In that instance, the first place I would always start with my clients is to say, make a financial plan. What does your budget actually look like? Do you need to have 600 pound dinners or can you rein that into, you know, dinner at Pizza Express? What can you change? Your priorities are going to be slightly different, right? Whether you're a parent or whether you're not a parent, but this one really applies to everyone make a financial plan. Don't take any leap without safety, right? Let's not be silly about it. Don't take leaps without safety. You've got to try things. So in that risk phase, don't risk everything. And see, this is stretching your thinking, this expanded thinking. When you put all those things in place, then you position yourself to be in a place where you can dare to dream. I had a client I worked with a couple of years ago who it was a, well, she still is. She's a sales director. And I think she might have talked about her in a previous show. She's a sales director and she was sort of in that phase of, should I change career or shall I stick with what I know? Sticking to what she knew was solid income. And one of her priorities was to travel a lot more. So we just, we talked about, you know, what was the other option? And she wanted to be a singer. She always wanted to be sort of, you know, a signed singer. And I said, why can't you just sing? Just sing, go to a pub and sing. And she's like, well, I can. I said, think about it. Just think about it. We're not saying you're not going to be a signed artist, but why not just do it whilst you're in the sales job and then see what happens? Anyway, long story short, and she did. She actually did that. She got this amazing job in sales, really good money, was able to travel. And at the same time, she reignited her singing career on the side. She has since released, I don't know, two EPs, like 10 singles, done music videos and traveled the world. She's living her best life. She's let go of any expectation from the singing. So she gets to really enjoy it because she loves it. She's doing it because she loves it. And you know what? Honestly, she's good at it. So why not? 
She's sharing her gifts with the world. Beautiful. Another client of mine, she wanted to work in a different job, but she also wanted to travel and buy a house. So, the, the you know, lots of sort of almost conflicting things, but there was a way. So we did some research, we stretched her thinking. So she is a nurse and she wanted to travel. So I said, do cruise ships have nurses? Obviously, more went into these conversations. <laughs> I'm literally giving you uh, the 30 second version of it. But we, we, you know, we really sort of fleshed it out what, what she could do and stuff. And sure enough, she could. She just needed an additional training in A&E, I believe. And that was it. She set course. She stayed in her job. She started training in A&E, was able to work in A&E on the weekends because it's it was like an on-the-job um, experience that was required. She did that. And, I mean, I haven't checked in recently, but I do know that she was well into doing the A&E. So her sights were set. She got to travel and she got to save money, which would then enable her to buy a property. Because obviously, if she's on a cruise ship working, she's not spending money. <laughs> and she doesn't have to be tied down to a rental at base. She can sofa surf. Easy. <laughs> Expanded thinking changes everything. Now, when you're embarking on change and exploring, and you might just be in the research stages, be mindful of your support network. Really figure out who is in your corner and who is gonna, I guess, hold the mirror up to say, you can't do this, okay? And obviously the latter need to go somewhere. <laughs> and those that are definitely in your corner, spend more time with them because they will actually inspire you more and give you more ideas and stretch your thinking even more. There is a slight warning that I do want to give you so that you're aware of what the period of growth and alignment actually looks like. The messy middle. You might have all heard of this phrase, the messy middle. People talk about it in the healing process. And essentially, the healing process is a process of growth and it's a process of alignment. It is not all unicorns and rainbows. I really, really wish it was, but it's not. It is usually quite heavy emotionally and it might have you feeling drained, foggy, in fear sometimes. But what that is, is a sign that you have to get to the other side, right? So if you're working on something, if you start opening yourself up to the wants, the things that you want in your life, there's going to be this whole period of, uh, I'm not sure. Why does everything feel so heavy? I haven't got any motivation. Mm. It's because the thing on the other side, the thing that you want is better than the thing you're currently doing now, which is why you're not motivated. Now, what most people do is they succumb to the discomfort and they don't move beyond it, right? So they stay in those jobs, they stay in their misery. So don't be most people. You have at, you've got something that the world needs and you've got to deliver it. You've got to. It's your birthright. Do it. Now, what all of this comes down to is self-belief. Self-belief and your personal coach here, planning. Planning. Be strategic, right? Don't just throw caution to the wind. 
be strategic, but also trust. All right. So you have to plan. You've got to take action. You've got you've got to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, none of this works. But at the same time, you've got to trust in yourself. You've also got to trust in the actions that you take and be able to let go of the outcome. Yes, you want to win. Yes, you want to make money. Yes, you want to help people. But sometimes once you've made the action, don't hold on to those people coming to you. They will come, but only if you let go of the outcome for needing them to come. They will come. If your message is strong, if your self-belief is strong, that gravitational force in energy in people, you will find them. They will come to you. A report I read recently says that many people look in the mirror and they see someone that they don't like very much. They see faults, they see flaws, they see failures, they feel shame, they feel embarrassment and sometimes even anger towards themselves. Now, deep down, we've all constructed an idea of who we should be, how we should look, how we should act, how we should think and feel and be regarded by other people. Now, if this report is true, it's really sad and my heart really aches when I hear this sort of stuff. Even really confident people, really confident and successful people suffer from a sense of low self-esteem. It's kind of like a sense of inadequacy. And what happens is this sense of inadequacy about yourself not only robs you of happiness, but it essentially only grants you misery. Now, our scriptural teachings nip this misery in the bud, right? They say, listen, O children of selfless love. We are embodiments of love itself. We are not sinners. We are not deficient in any way. Each one of us is unique and perfect in this uniqueness. Perfect in this uniqueness. I love that. So consider that there are three me's, right? There are three versions of me. The one I think I am, the one others think I am, the one I really am. Now, the first two are, I don't know, fleeting fancies. The last one is permanent, the one I really am. And this this person that you really are is what you need to cling on to. Going to get a little bit deeper here. It's only your eternal self, the selfless love that always attracts, that is established in all beings. Everybody has it, right? You know that vibe you get with somebody when you meet someone for the first time, you don't know them from Adam, but you just are vibing high. It's because your energy, both of you are in that right place at the right time in your energy field. And that is what attracts you to each other and the five senses in the mind. Now, when you begin to put your faith in the love within you and act according to its prompts, you're going to become confident in a way that you have never felt before. This reposing of confidence in the self, and when I say self, I'm talking about capital S self, is the true self-confidence that people seek. Being confident of your own abilities and skills is only a small area of self-confidence. 
And this is important, absolutely, it's absolutely important, but it shines with a new vigor in the company of the self in the envelope of the real self-confidence. So here what we're talking about is self-confidence of the one I really am. That everything is about faith and love within. Everything comes from a place of love. Everything is received from a place of love. Sai Baba says that self-confidence is the foundation of the mansion of life, right? And on this foundation of self-confidence, the walls are self-satisfaction and they rise up, right? And on the walls of self-satisfaction will rest the roof of self-sacrifice. So this mansion is built during a person's lifetime. But what does this mansion represent? It represents self-realization itself. Now, a lot of people, I'm sure if you know people who are a lot older, like, you know, in their 60s, 70s, 80s, they really don't sweat the small stuff and they'll tell you about it and they'll tell you not to sweat the small stuff. They'll tell you to enjoy life more. They'll tell you to laugh more, love more, be with loved ones more. Because love... is really the best thing we have. Unfortunately, we also have to deal with money. And what we've done is we've not understood how to make a living and pay for things while still feeling love towards them. It's like when you have a credit card bill to pay and it's on your head, it's on your head. Oh, I've got to pay this debt. I've got to pay this debt. I've got to pay this debt. You create it as a negative in your life. But actually, if you pay off the card, even if it's, you know, 50 pounds a month, what you're doing is you're saying, if you do it this way through love, thank you credit card for letting me buy those jeans. Here's 50 quid to clear you off. You know, it's a different vibe to, oh God, I've got to pay the credit card. And you can laugh at yourself through it because it's not what we're used to hearing, right? It's not the usual train of thought that we have. Now, on a practical basis, what all this means is that you can turn to the spark of love within you as a first step, right? So this is all self-love and then put your faith in it for your growth. And then as you begin to manifest this spark, right? So think of it, think of it, visualize it. As you begin to manifest this spark through your loving thoughts, your loving speech and your loving behaviors, you're going to be able to taste it. And then you're going to be at more ease with it, right? Anything new is going to feel a bit off, a bit funny and awkward. But the more you do it, the more you'll be satisfied, the more you'll be happy. And then it's a natural segue from there to embrace the giving prompt rather than the taking prompt. We take a lot. To give is a bit different for us or the way we say it in in Indian philosophy is to sacrifice rather than to acquire, to tend to be selfless rather than be selfish. Now, putting faith in the self is actually easier than it might seem, right? I promise you. (laughs) The Taitiriya Upanishad says that there are infinite ways to do that. Can you imagine infinite ways? Now, the easiest way, I guess, is through the act of service. 
Now, very important here to note, service is not marketing. It's not broadcasting what you're doing. It's not public relations. It's not advertising. It's not solicitation of donations for a charity. Service by its very nature is quiet and serene, as quiet as natural breathing, just breathing, right? As quiet and natural as the sunlight, as quiet and natural as the gentle, soothing breeze, as natural and quiet And I think this is the best analogy. The act of service is as natural and quiet as a tree serving our need for oxygen and us serving its need for carbon dioxide. We've got to learn to serve the needs of others over our own needs and train ourselves to put others' needs over ours every waking moment. This does not mean people-pleasing. This is service. Service and people pleasing are two very different things and I'll delve into it deeper on another show if you want. We need to sensitize ourselves to other people's pain and sufferings, not even people, animals, the planet, everything. And when you sensitize yourself to that, you move promptly to help eradicate them, caring for others, offering them constructive thoughts, consoling words, compassionate action. We we can unhesitatingly, when you're coming from this place of love, you can wipe their tears. We can wipe all their tears away. Because when we do that, we wipe our own tears. When we serve others, we discover that we're actually, what are we doing? We're serving ourselves. When we make someone else happy, we become truly happy. You know this, you know when someone is delighted by something you've done for them, that makes you feel great. Service is letting the spark of love in you take over. And then in its company, you become confident in a refreshingly new way and you become unshakably confident. You now have the opportunity to reflect on what you've just heard. Close your eyes, relax, and listen to the music. When the music ends, write down the first few thoughts that come to you. Those are your next steps. To take this practice further, you can journal on what came to you after the meditation. Please remember, This time of contemplation is a non-judgmental exercise. If nothing comes to you, that's okay. Just give in to the moment and enjoy the stillness.
Thank you for listening to the Frankly Coaching Podcast with Pooja McClymont. Let's keep the conversation going over in my private group on Telegram. Just hit the link in the show notes to join. And if you love the show, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts or a rating over on Spotify, because change only happens when we take action.